Hello and welcome to the Mythical Storytelling Podcast. I'm your host and storyteller, Shinjan. I've always been fascinated by the myths and the stories behind those myths in cultures throughout the world. So if you, like me, are interested in exploring these stories behind the myths, then this is the right podcast for you. So without further ado, let's start with today's story. Today's story is Bellerophon as retold by Lillian S. Hyde. Brought to you by Holiday Whispers, your bespoke and personal holiday planner. Visit holidaywhispers.co.uk today for all the help you need and want to plan your next holiday. And the best part is that it's completely free. So get onto that website now. Also, if you're an aspiring podcaster like me and don't know where to start, check out buzzsprout.com. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more within minutes of finishing your recording. And if you sign up for a paid plan through the link in the description, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift voucher. How cool is that? Right, let's get on with the story. When the summer suns had scorched the plains and dried the rivers of Greece till hardly any green thing was left, there were meadows high on the snowy sides of Mount Helicon that were bright with soft young grasses and dotted with flowers of every color. In these meadows were the most glorious fountains. At certain times, they sent their waters sprouting far up into the blue sky, whence they came tumbling down again to rise once more in a fine spray in which could be seen a thousand rainbows. The most beautiful fountain of all, and the one where the water was the sweetest and the coolest, was called the Fountain of Hippocrene. The waters of this fountain had a wonderful magic. There had been a time when no such fountain was to be seen on Mount Helicon. One bright moonlight night, Pegasus, the winged horse, alighted in these meadows. He uttered a silvery neigh and then struck the ground with a sharp blow with his hoof. Immediately, the fountain of Hippocrene gushed forth. Pegasus drank of its sweetest waters and then flew away far above the clouds. But he sometimes came back to drink those waters again. There was no place on earth where a plain mortal would be more likely to see him. The muses too haunted these beautiful meadows of Helicon. There were nine sisters, with hair so black that it seemed violet in the moonlight. On nights when a full moon was in the sky, they used to come and dance around the fountains of Hippocrene. Some people believed that Pegasus belonged to them. Shepherds, who fed their sheep at the foot of Mount Helicon and watched all night long, lest some prowling wolf should attack the flock, sometimes got a glimpse of Pegasus or the Muses, but very few people in the towns below even believed that either the winged horse or the nine sisters really existed at all. Now it happened one day that a certain young hero named Bellerophon came to Mount Helicon to look for Pegasus. He had been sent by a king to slay the Chimera, a kind of monstrous dragon with three heads that was laying waste the country in a certain part of Asia. He thought that with the help of the winged horse, he might win an easy victory 
or any earth-born monster. So night after night, Bellerophon came to the fountain of Hippocrene and watched for Pegasus. For a long time, he could not see so much as a feather of a horse's glorious wings. Although, once or twice, when the moon was shining more brightly than usual, he did think that a shadow passed lightly over the grass. But when he looked up, there was nothing to be seen. Another time, he heard a sudden rush of wings and caught a glimpse of something white among the trees. At last, it chanced one night that he found a lost child on the lower slopes of Mount Helicon, and knowing that it was in great danger of being devoured by wild beasts, he took it to one of the shepherds who were watching their sheep nearby. Then he went on to the spring, where he arrived much later than usual. That night he saw Pegasus careering gaily about the meadows. The horse's silvery wings were held high over his back, and his dainty pink hoofs scarcely touched the ground. His whining was like tremulous music of a flute. But when he saw Bellerophon, he spread his great white wings and soared away up into the depths of the sky. Catch Pegasus? Bellerophon saw that it was of no use to try and gave it up. Then he lay down and slept on the soft grass of the meadow. But people who slept near the fountain of Hippocrene were apt to dream. While Bellerophon slept, he dreamt that Minerva stood at his side with a golden bridle in her hand. In the dream, she gave him the bridle, and then Pegasus came up to him and bent his beautiful head to have it put on. He woke in the morning with the first sunbeams shining in his face and found that the golden bridle of his dream in his hands. The headpiece was set with jewels and the whole bridle was so gorgeous that it seemed fit even for so wonderful a horse as Pegasus. Bellerophon did not go down to the town that day but stayed on Mount Helicon and lived on berries and sweetercorns. When night came, he again waited by the fountain for Pegasus. With a light heart, he went to his usual place where he was screened by the bushes. He had hardly seated himself before he saw a faint white speck in the sky, which grew larger and larger and soon took the shape of a winged horse. As the beautiful creature descended lower, he began to fly in great circles, as you have seen a hawk fly. But his shining white wings were more like the wings of an albatross than like those of any other bird we know. He came lower and lower till his feet touched the meadow and then he cantered up to Bellerophon and held down his head for the jeweled bridle just as he had done in Bellerophon's dream. A moment more and the bridle was over his head. A more gentle horse than Pegasus never lived, nor one fonder of his rider. He seemed willing to take the owner of the bridle for his master and was obedient to the slightest touch of the rein. It was wonderful when he tried his wings. Up and above the clouds he soared and Bellerophon on his back. Who need fear the Chimera now? This Chimera was a frightful monster with three heads. The head of a lion, the head of a goat and the head of a snake. Its body was something like the shaggy body of a goat in the middle 
but ended in a dragon's tail. When the creature was roused, it could belch out fire and smoke from its three carvenous throats. Nearly the whole of the mountainous country it inhabited was a waste of ashes. The few people who had not lost their lives, nor left their homes and their flocks, but still inhabited that region, lived in constant terror of this creature. So if one brave enough and strong enough could be found, there was need of a hero to slay the Chimera. When Bellerophon felt that he had perfect control of Pegasus, he guided him straight toward the mountains of the Chimera. Pegasus, with all his wonderful power of flight, sped through the air like an arrow and in a very short time was hovering over the cruel monster, which lay sprawling in the midst of the waste it had caused. Obedient to Bellerophon's wish, Pegasus swooped straight down to within striking force of the Chimera. Then, a flash from Bellerophon's lance and the goat's head hung limp. What a roar followed from the lion's head. All the air became filled with the sickening odor and it began to grow dark with smoke. But Bellerophon and Pegasus were safe, high above the earth. They waited till the monster was quiet again, then made another quick dash and off went the lion's head. There was no roaring this time, and not so much fire and smoke, although the angry writhing of the creature was terrible to see. But the Chimera could not follow Pegasus into the pure upper air. Once more horse and the rider dashed down, and the snake's head was severed from the Chimera's body. Then the terrible fires burned themselves out, and that was the end of the Chimera. The people of that country soon learned the Chimera was dead and came back to their homes. Not long after, the hills that had been so grey and desolate were covered with vineyards and growing crops. After this, Bellerophon, with the help of Pegasus, performed other wonderful feats and became very famous. He married a king's daughter and received half of her father's kingdom. At last, he felt as if mounted on Pegasus he was as strong as the gods themselves and might ascend to Olympus. One day, he was foolish enough to make the attempt. Then Jupiter caused Pegasus to throw him. Blinded by the near sight of Olympus and lamed by the fall, he wandered about for many years an unhappy, helpless old man. The time came when the gods took Pegasus up to Mount Olympus and let us hope that Bellerophon too reached Olympus at last. Thank you for listening to today's story. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you have any thoughts or comments, you can reach out to me on my Twitter. My handle is blabberingshin or you can email me at iamshinjan at gmail.com So that is I-A-M-S-H-I-N-J-A-N at gmail.com Please subscribe to my podcast if you've liked my work and don't forget to share it with your friends and family. I look forward to entertaining you with more mythical stories like this going forward. Adios. Adios.